Well, this morning we're going to look at Samuel's long goodbye. You know, I must say that uh, there are a few chapters in the life of Samuel that we don't often spend very much time looking at. In fact, if I was to ask you this morning, as I did actually ask you a few weeks ago, what do we know about Samuel? Actually, the main thing we know about Samuel is, number one, he was the little boy in the temple who God spoke to and God used. We also know that he was the prophet who anointed David king over Israel, but we don't know a great deal more about him because Scripture doesn't give us as much as I wish it would because he clearly was a man of outstanding character and a man of outstanding influence. And there are two things in the life of Samuel that are pretty significant to us in our Christian life. You know, we do get information that we have already looked about at about what succession planning looks like as far as God is concerned. But another issue that we need to be thinking about, and certainly golden oldies like Paul and me have to be thinking about, you know, you know, when we pass things on, what do we do after that? And that's very much the lesson that we've got in the last section of the life of Samuel. Now the truth is, like most things about Samuel, you don't get many direct references to things. You know, the truth of the matter was that when we think about this situation, what Samuel was doing was stepping down from the role of leadership that he had been given. Now it is significant he does not step down from his role as God's prophet. But he did step down from his role in leadership. And he still had a task to do. And you know, I'm sure that when Samuel handed over the kingdom to be led by Saul, he would have asked, what do I do next? What do I do next? How do I support King Saul? And that's actually something that he does do. How do I support the nation of Israel, how do I do the will of God? Because, you know, the reality was this. Samuel had still 30-plus years of service left in him. He doesn't pass into eternity until chapter 25, but actually he's called back from eternity and we're not going to go there this morning, but as Jasper said when we were discussing it earlier, it is something we need to think about uh, into the future. What that role was that Samuel has 
right at the end of the book of 1 Samuel. Now, he had 30 years of service left in him, but it was change service. And a lot of us, when we get to our kind of age, have to ask, how do we deal with this change? Now, Samuel could certainly deal with the issue of leadership and step back from it because he had handed the leadership on to Saul. But the spiritual role with the nation had not changed. So he still had a major spiritual responsibility. Now let's just read, shall we? Right, so first of all we're going to read 1 Samuel chapter 12. Samuel said to all Israel, I have listened to everything you said to me and have set a king over you. Now you have a king as your leader. As for me, I am old and grey and my sons are here with you. I have been your leader from my youth until this day. Here I stand, testify against me in the presence of the Lord and his anointed. Whose ox have I taken? Whose donkey have I taken? Whom have I cheated? Whom have I oppressed? From whose hand have I accepted a bribe to make me shut my eyes? If I have done any of these things, I will make it right. You have not cheated or oppressed, as they replied. You have not taken anything from anyone's hand. Samuel said to them, The Lord is a witness against you, and also his anointed is witness this day that you have not found anything in my hand. He is witness, they said. Then Samuel said to the people, it is the Lord who appointed Moses and Aaron and brought your ancestors up out of Egypt. Now then stand here because I'm going to confront you with evidence before the Lord as to all the righteous acts performed by the Lord for you and your ancestors. After Jacob entered Egypt they cried to the Lord for help and the Lord sent Moses and Aaron who brought your ancestors out of Egypt and settled them in this place. But they forgot the Lord their God. So he sold them into the hand of Sisera, the commander of the army of Hazor, and into the hands of the Philistines and the king of Moab, who fought against them. They cried out to the Lord and said, We have sinned. We have forsaken the Lord and have served Baals and Ashtaroths. But now deliver us from the hands of your enemies, and we will serve you. Then the Lord sent Jerubbaal, Barak, Jephthah and Samuel and he delivered you from the hands of your enemies all around you so that you lived in safety. Well when you saw that Nahash king of the Ammonites was more moving against you, you said to me, no we want a king to rule over us even though the Lord your God was your king. Now here is the king you have chosen, the one you asked for. See, the Lord has set a king over you. If you fear the Lord and serve and obey him, do not rebel against his commands. And if both you and the king who reigns over you follow the Lord your God, good. But if you do not obey the Lord, and if you rebel against his commands, his hands will be against you as it was against your ancestors. Now then, 
Stand still and see this great thing the Lord is about to do before your eyes. Is it not wheat harvest now? And I will call on the Lord to send thunder and rain. And you will realize what an evil thing you did in the eyes of the Lord when you asked for a king. And Samuel called on the Lord. And that same day the Lord sent thunder and rain. So all the people stood in awe of the Lord and of Samuel. The people also said to Samuel, Pray to the Lord your God for your servants, so that we will not die, for we have added to our sins. Do not be afraid, Samuel replied. You have done all this evil, yet do not turn away from the Lord, but serve the Lord with your heart. Do not turn away after useless idols. They can do you no good, nor can they rescue you because they are useless. For the sake of his great name, the Lord will not reject his people because the Lord was pleased to make you his own. As for me, be it far from me that I should sin against the Lord by failing to pray for you. I will teach you the way that is good and right. But be sure to fear the Lord and serve him faithfully with all your heart. Consider what great things he has done for you. Yet if you persist in doing evil, both you and your king will perish. Very challenging speech or message that was given. Now, it's interesting as you make your way through scripture, you will see that Samuel invested very heavily in the nation of Israel. You know, when you've invested in something, it's very hard to put it into somebody else's hands. You know, I was 24 years a head teacher. And in that 24 years, I had done quite a lot of things in that community and amongst the children and so on. And I have to tell you, handing it over to somebody else was not easy at all and that was just in ordinary life and you can imagine if we look carefully at what Samuel had done it was really quite remarkable when he became the leader of Israel remember he wasn't just the priest he was the leader as well the nation was in a dreadful mess. But his faithfulness, his devotion to God, had brought about huge changes. Now, he is being called upon to hand it over to others. It's very interesting what Scripture teaches us about the role that Samuel had actually had. And it's mentioned in a number of scriptures that follow 1 Samuel. I've put up here a quotation from 1 Chronicles 9 verse 22, which talks about the structure of the temple and of temple worship and notice what it says 
the gatekeepers had been assigned to their positions of trust by David. Well, we knew that because we're actually told that uh, in 1 Kings, 2 Kings. But 1 Chronicles tells us that it wasn't just David who was involved in establishing what became the temple order. Samuel was involved as well. He had had a role in the organization of how the Levites were involved in serving God. But something I was really challenged about when looking at 1 Chronicles 26 and 27, we learn that everything dedicated by Samuel the seer and by Saul son of Kish, Abner son of Ner, and Joab son of Zeruiah, and all the other dedicated things were in the care of Shemalith and his relatives. So who were Shemalith and his relatives? Well, actually they were basically the treasurers of the temple. And we are told that it was not only David who made provision for the temple, but actually that all began with who? Samuel. What an amazing leader he was. What an amazing man of faith he was. He could look beyond the kingship of Saul and beyond the kingship of David. He could look right into the kingship of Solomon and the need to build the temple and he was ready to make provision for it. You know, that's a challenge, isn't it? Not only to be involved in supporting what we are doing now, but being ready to look on into the future and being ready to support what God wants as far as the future is concerned and to have trust that what we commit into God's hand will be appropriately used. God wants men and he wants women who are ready to do what needs to be done into the future. But we learn more. 2 Chronicles chapter 35 verse 18 says that Samuel remembered the Passover. Look at what we read. The Passover had not been observed like this in Israel since the days of the prophet Samuel. And none of the kings of Israel had ever celebrated such a Passover as Josiah did with the priests, the Levites, and all Judah and Israel who were there with the people of Jerusalem. Boy, isn't that interesting? Because we don't actually get any reference in 1 Samuel to Samuel celebrating the Passover, do we? Do we? No, we don't. But what is quite clear is that the celebration that Samuel had kept when he was the leader and the priest 
It was a celebration where the Passover was highly respected and elevated and understood. So this was a man who not only had interest in seeing the nation established, but he was a man who had huge desires in making sure that what God wanted as far as worship was concerned was done. So we've got a man here, Samuel, who we're reading about now, who is now saying a long farewell to the nation, who was a man that was marked with considerable spirituality and a man who was used for the glory of God. Siri's trying to speak to me, never mind. Notice what's said in Psalm 99. Moses and Aaron were among his priests. Samuel was among those who called on his name. They called on the Lord and answered him. You know, the Jewish nation puts Moses right at the top. Right at the top. He's the man who they respect. But we'll notice Psalm 99 put Samuel there as well. He was an astonishing man. And then in Jeremiah 15, the prophet says, God says, even if Moses and Samuel were to stand before me, my heart would not go out to this people. Yes, he was a man involved in worship. He was a man involved in intercession. He was a man involved in huge leadership. But now, the time has come for him to stand down. But actually, we also get a comment on him in Hebrews. Very interesting. Hebrews 11.32 and says, What more shall I say? I do not have time to tell about Gideon, Barak, Samson, Jephthah, about David and Samuel and the prophets, who through faith conquered kingdoms, administered justice, and gained what was promised. Samuel is there in God's great hall of fame. And actually, if you think about it carefully, Think about this description in Hebrews 11.33. We've got who through faith conquered kingdoms. Now in our study of 1 Samuel, we will discover that in a most remarkable way, Samuel subdued and stopped the Philistines invading Israel's territory throughout his whole lifetime. The hand of the Lord was against the Philistines. As I pointed out to you when we were looking at 1 Samuel 7, he didn't have an army, but he subdued the Philistines. 
That passage in Hebrews 11 verse 33 talks about him, ad, talks about those who are faithful administering justice. And that was exactly the role that Samuel had. From year to year he went on a circuit from Bethel to Gilgal to Mizpah, judging Israel in all those places. I find it very interesting when you look at that list in Hebrews chapter 11 and you get these list of names and then things that they did that there seems to me to be a very strong emphasis on what Samuel did. He was a man who was completely involved in serving God. Lesson for us all is this, isn't it? You know? The only way we get information about Samuel's role in serving God is to carefully read what's in Scripture. It's not all in 1 Samuel, as I've shown you. It's in the books of Chronicles, it's in the Psalms, it's in the Prophets, and it's in the New Testament. We get information about how this man effectively lived for and served God. Now I'm going to take just a few points out of the message that Samuel brought. Because as he hands over the nation into the hands of God and actually prepares for his service in the future, he speaks to all the people of God. And you will notice I have highlighted two key things in this first section that he said. I have been your leader from my youth until this day. He also then asks them to consider his leadership and he says have I cheated? Have I been dishonest? Basically, have I done what most leaders did at this time? And he gets the answer. You have not cheated or oppressed us, they replied. You have not taken anything out of anyone's hand. Yes, as he is speaking to the nation and he's handing over the reins of leadership. He is saying, this is my example. I have been consistent from a youth until now. I have led you. And I have been someone who has the character to lead. These are important lessons for all of us. Not everyone is called on to have a major leadership role, but I'll say this. Every one of us has influence. And influence is leadership. And Samuel says, I have been consistent from now, from the beginning, until now. 
and as I have served, I have recognized that I don't serve like the world's leadership. I am not involved in cheating. I am not involved in oppression. I am not involved in bribery. I am involved in doing exactly what God wants me to do. Do you know? Every one of us has to recognize we've got influence. And every one of us has got to recognize that our personal character needs to be that that brings glory to God. You know, the lesson for us all is to take up what is said in the book of Romans. You know, I often refer to this verse and I think it's really very important. You know, what was written in the Old Testament was written not just to give us a happy history. In fact, not much of it is happy, is it? But no, what was written, was written to teach us. And Paul goes on. I don't often quote this verse, but it's important. You know, that writing to teach us is urging us to have the right kind of attitude. What we are before God is absolutely critical. Let's just note a couple of other things and then I'm going to finish. What Samuel does in the second half of his message is to present to them the challenge of history. He wants them to know where they have come from. And he wants them to recognize that there was a lot of learning in this process. You know, it is actually very interesting. When we look at this challenge, he starts off by mentioning Moses and Aaron, uh, about whom they knew and knew well. But then you will observe that he passes by a big chunk of Jewish history and he reminds them of Sisera, the commander of the army of Hazor. He reminds them of the Philistines. He reminds them of the king of Moab. And then in verse 11, he reminds them about who it was who came to protect them. Little test. Who is Jeroboam? Gideon. Gideon, yes. For some reason, he chooses to call him Jeroboam. And he, he also speaks about Barak. He speaks about Jephthah. I'm actually quite surprised that Samson isn't in the list. Because actually, when you look at these people, they are unusual leaders, putting it mildly. You know? Jeroboam, Gideon, 
was somebody who was terrified to do what God wanted him to do. Barak was even more than terrified. He had to get a woman to do it for him because it was actually Deborah who did the job, not uh, Barak. And Jephthah, well, the only thing he's really famous for is driving furiously. But, uh, you know, it's a very interesting thing. As Samuel presents the history that Israel, or some of the history that God has taken Israel through, what he does is point out that God will use whoever he chooses to use. God will use a Gideon who was afraid of his own shadow. God will use a Barak who really didn't do what God wanted, but God still used him. Samuel says, I will associate myself with them because it's not them, it's the Lord. Notice what he says in verse 11. The Lord sent Jeroboam, Barak, Jephthah and Samuel and he delivered you from the hands of your enemies all around so that you lived in safety. There's a lot more I could say but I'm not going to this morning. I just want to point out to you that what Samuel does as he begins his long goodbye for the nation, and Jasper will be taking us into other parts of it next week. What he does as he begins his long goodbye is he reminds the people of God what God does for them. And that's what we've got to remember. He also reminded the people of God that God used people who did not qualify as far as we are concerned to be leaders. But the truth is, God takes up and uses whoever he wants to use. And you know, as Samuel looked at the nation, Samuel knew that it was the Lord who mattered. And that's, brothers and sisters, what we've got to understand. It's what the Lord wants that matters. And as we look at the life of this remarkable man, Samuel, we see a man who did great things, some of which we know something about, but actually some we know very little about. We don't know how he exerted influence on the establishing of the, Le the Levite pattern of service, which he clearly did, which we've read about. We don't know how he began storing up provisions for the building of the temple, but he did. He was a man who cared what God thought. And that's the challenge for me as I look at this passage. And, you know, as I say, I haven't gone through it all this morning 
times against us. But I just want to say, he was a man who we need to emulate. He's a man who is mentioned in the books of history. He's a man who's mentioned in the Psalms. He's a man who's mentioned in the prophets. He's a man who's mentioned in the New Testament as being an outstanding servant of God. That's what God wants from us, isn't it? Let's pray. Our God and our Father, we bless you and we praise you for your word. We praise you for what your word teaches us. We ask our God and our Father that your hand will be upon us, that we will seek to emulate Samuel. Yes, stand back when we need to and trust you. We ask this in Jesus' name.